the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Well, hello. Thank you very much for joining us today. This is Mark Longoria. Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR, and you are listening to today's program called the Church of the Week. And today, because we're right in the middle, or right at the beginning, actually, of um, of the big event going on here in San Antonio, we have Rodeo. Um, we decided we were going to focus in on uh, on a cowboy church. So here with us today, we have Pete Pavelic. Uh, Pastor Pete, he's uh, from Cowboy Fellowship over in Jordanton. And, um, and uh, Pastor, I just want to welcome you to the studio. Well, thanks so much for having me, Mark. It's an honor and a privilege to be here, and we uh, really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, you know, what we want to do through this program is just give, give people an opportunity to get to know you, who you are, where you come from, how you ended up pastoring this church, and also want to give uh, people some information about the church itself. Uh, we have found out that there are uh, several, uh, a good number of our listeners that are, are faithful Christians, they love the Lord, but they quite haven't found their home yet um, because either they've moved into town or they're just kind of in some sort of transition. And so this type of uh, program serves as an opportunity for them to get to know different churches. And so today we want to focus on your church and see what's going on there. And uh, we hope that uh, some of our listeners will go out there and uh, meet you in person. Sure. So let's start a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about your background and uh, how you ended up here and pastoring this church. Well, I actually grew up uh, in Pleasanton, Texas, which is is where I live now and uh, where the church is. Our church is right in between Pleasanton and Jordanton, uh, which are just a few miles apart. Isn't that where they say where the Cowboys are born or something like that? Yeah, birthplace of the Cowboys, Pleasanton, Texas. And uh, (laughs) so Jordanton and Pleasanton are just a few miles apart. Our church is kind of right in between them, uh, just south of San Antonio. And I grew up right there, grew up on a ranch. My my father was a farmer and a rancher, and I grew up in that culture and, and uh, in that lifestyle. And graduated uh, high school there in Pleasanton and went off to college. Uh, I had uh, great dreams and ambitions as a young child of being an astronaut. And then oh, yeah? As I got a little older, uh, I narrowed that down into being a, a pilot. Yeah. And I uh, went off to college really with the intention of, of one day, you know, being in the airline industry or, or doing something with aviation because I'd always loved it so much. And mm-hmm. uh, my freshman year in college, uh, God and I had a little encounter. Uh, I, actually, I was home for the weekend, and uh, I was I was down uh, by the creek. I'd ridden my horse uh, down there, and I was just taking some time and just kind of thinking about stuff. And, and uh, I heard God calling me into the ministry. And at the time, I said, "God, I think you're you're talking to the wrong guy. Yeah. There wasn't anybody else around." But uh, I, it just it didn't make sense to me because yeah. the only context I'd ever really known of church in was traditional church, yeah. and I, I didn't really fit that context. I, I couldn't see wearing a suit and tie and, right. and uh, dress shoes my entire <laughs> life. I just never been comfortable. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with it. I just yeah. never been comfortable with it. And that's really all I knew about church. And I hadn't been real involved in church uh, as a young child. I mean, my mom took us to Sunday school when we weren't working on Sunday, but we worked a lot of Sundays on the ranch. Mm. And 
Uh, as I got a little older, I did go to church a little more frequently uh, in my teenage years and went to camp and, and all of those things. And, um, you know, I had a relationship with Jesus, but I wasn't planning on going into the ministry. It really kind of yeah. changed my plans. Yeah. So um, anyway, I, I went back to college, and God just kind of started opening some doors for me to do ministry, a lot of stuff with youth, a lot of stuff with, uh, with uh, college kids. And uh, I started walking through those doors and started to see that, yeah, this really was where God was taking me. And uh, I, I did that all through college. I worked a lot with youth, and I, I filled in for preachers on Sundays when they were out on vacation and stuff like that and did a lot of camps and uh, did collegiate ministry for two years up in San Marcos at uh, what's now Texas State. It was Southwest Texas mm-hmm. uh, whenever I was there and uh, enjoyed that. And then I was getting ready to go off to seminary, and um, a a group of men and their families had been doing a a ministry out at a a roping arena at a guy's house for several years. Mm -hmm. And they had felt right at that same time a a call to start a cowboy church. And so they called me and said, hey, we're we're looking to start a cowboy church, and um, we can't find anybody that will come and and be our pastor. Mm -hmm. We know you're going to seminary in the fall, but would you come help us through the summer? And just help us kind of get things going, and maybe God yeah. will bring us somebody. Uh, then I, I was—I always tell people I was kind of the, the last guy on the list, bottom of the barrel, <laughs> young guy, had never been a pastor before. Those are the ones that God chooses. Though. Yeah, I yeah. guess. And yeah. so uh, I went, and in May of uh, 2003, we we started and launched as a church. And by the beginning of July, uh, it was very apparent that God was really blessing uh, mm. that ministry. We had gone from from twelve families to over three hundred in, nice. in service uh, on Sundays, and we were meeting in an unair conditioned barn. And it, it, it was quite the deal in South Texas wow. to yes. to go to Cowboy Church and and especially have with these summers that we've been having. <laughs> oh my horrible. goodness! Yeah, I mean, there were days when it was over hundred degrees oh, inside yeah. that barn where we were meeting and. Wow. Uh, it was something else, and God just continued to to allow us to grow, and people were getting saved and baptized, which Praise was God. the exciting thing for me. And um, about the middle of July, they came and said, "Hey, is there any way you'd stay? You know, we'd like to hire you as our our pastor." And hmm. I prayed about it. it didn't take me long. Uh, I was having so much fun doing what I was yeah. doing, and and uh, God God said, "Yeah, this is where I want you." And so. So I stayed. So take us back to the the day where you had to sacrifice your dreams of becoming a pilot and really choose this path. How difficult was that or how easy was it to do that? You know, it, it was difficult just because I was, I was so passionate about flying yeah. and, uh, and still am to this day. I, yeah. I love it. And, and on a pastor's salary, I knew I'd never really be able to fly that much because it's a very expensive thing to yes. do if it's just a hobby. Um, you know, and, and I think it's always hard whenever you have a, a goal or whenever you have an ambition and, and and something that you just personally want to do, and then God comes and says, but I want you to do this. Mm. But, um, you know, God is so faithful, and, yes. and I knew that even then. And when, when, he, when he finally reassured me that there was going to be a place in ministry for me that, that was going to fit me, then, then I felt a lot better about it. It wasn't so much giving up the flying, I think, that was hard for me to really jump in. It was, how am I going to fit into what I've always seen as church? Mm-hmm. And, um, and and that was more of my struggle. And um, once I really felt like God was saying, hey, there's going to... Because at the time, there was no cowboy church. When mm-hmm. all this happened, th- there weren't cowboy churches. So yours and was the original one. We weren't the original one, but... Um, 
we we were certainly up on the edge of you know Cowboy Church is getting started. The beginning, we, yeah. We partnered uh, with the BGCT initially. They're mm-hmm. the ones that helped us get started. And I think at the time there were maybe three Cowboy Churches with the BGCT. We're now a part of not only the BGCT but also the AFCC, which is the American Fellowship of Cowboy Churches. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's over 150 Cowboy Churches in that association. So it's really a movement that has grown over the yeah. years. But at the time, it wasn't the cool thing to do. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, and, and certainly whenever God called me in, in 1998, I'd never heard of Cowboy Church. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd never been to a Cowboy Church, and, and I, I didn't even know they existed. Mm-hmm. So, so getting just trusting God to, to move me to a place, even though I still didn't know anything about it, I think was the harder thing. And, and God's been so faithful through the years to allow me still to fly. I don't fly on a daily basis or even on a weekly basis, but uh, there's several members of our church that have airplanes that that take me up and let me fly around. Cool. And uh, yeah. even a, a good friend of mine who who has a T28, which is an old uh, fighter pilot trainer nice. that, that's great to go up. You can do flips and rolls and everything else. Yeah. So, so God still allows me to scratch that itch, yeah. uh, and it's been neat how I probably wouldn't have had those kind of opportunities had I not been in the ministry. Uh, I've had the opportunity to to go up with the Air Force several times just because I was a minister for different things Mm. and fly some of their planes and and be up in the cockpit of some planes I I never would have gotten to be in had I not been – yeah, you'd you know, be too busy ministry. flying to Cincinnati and back exactly. or something like exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> so so God's been faithful to still let me scratch yeah, that itch give you the desires and fulfill of your heart. those things. Exactly. And, and and it's just so cool to see how God works all that stuff together. Absolutely. Wow, that's, that's very good. Very cool. Um so tell us about the church itself. What's going on now that you've you know, you're officially the the pastor there and mm-hmm. uh you've been doing it pretty much since the beginning. Um, tell us about the development of the church and how things are going there. What's the culture of the church? Well, and aren't you glad, by the way, that you don't have to wear the, the suit and tie? Yeah, I You can I go am, in there I, with your, I, your cowboy I, hat and your boots. And exactly. <laughs> I wear my cowboy hat and uh, I wear my boots and yeah. my blue jeans and, cool. and just just who I, I like to be. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're going on 10 years, getting ready to start working on 10 years here mm. pretty quick. And, and so much has changed, you yeah. know. I mean, we, we started really as a small group. And uh, we grew into a bigger group and a bigger group and a bigger group. Now mm-hmm. we're a really, really big group. Uh, we used to meet in that, that old livestock show barn uh, that we met in and made a lot of great memories there. But uh, God blessed us several years later as a congregation. And uh, we had a very generous donor donate some land for mm-hmm. us. Nice. And uh, we moved out onto that land. And, and God did some miraculous things to, to help us raise the money to build a, a great big old facility, a million-dollar facility, debt-free. And, so did you keep the theme of a barn or something like that? Yeah, it's yep. a metal building. It's a it's a tan metal building, mm-hmm. and um, when you walk inside it, you can see the rafters and the red iron and everything, and cool. just a concrete floor. It's real plain, uh, but but it works for us, and uh, it's what we like. But it does have air conditioning now. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it'll freeze you out in the summer. We we made sure we got good, good air conditioning yeah. in in that barn. So do some of your members? Uh, ride up on their horses? Or not, it, well, no? not really. We do have some that live fairly close that occasionally will ride up if the weather's really nice, but, but it's just so much easier to get in the car. But of we course. do, most Sundays, we do have people out in the parking lot horseback that, that park cars oh, yeah. uh, horseback. And um, congregation's grown. We, we, we've run 700, 800, you know, very consistently. Uh, there's a lot of Sundays in the year. We'll have 900 to 1,000 awesome. uh, there whenever you're counting the kids and everybody. And 
Um, it, it's just been a great ride. And, and a lot of those people, I would say the majority of those people have been saved and baptized right there in that church because nice. what the original vision of this group that, that had this passion for this before I was ever even a part of it was, was to reach people who hadn't been reached, to mm-hmm. give people a place where they could come just as they were yeah. and, and not feel judged and not feel overwhelmed by you know the context of what you know, a lot of church culture kind of carries sure. and to do something just different. Yeah. And um, and I think that, that God's really accomplished that through these people. And it's just a church of great people. I, I can't I can't express And a lot of churches have great people. I speak at a lot of churches and travel around doing things for different associations. And, and church people in general are great people. Um, and I'm sure every pastor out there thinks his church people are the best people. Course, but uh, yeah. but I just love the people of Cowboy Fellowship. They're just down-to-earth, uh, humble people. They work hard, and uh, they're just fun to be around. They work hard in the in the world, and they work hard spiritually. And uh, they're just really devoted to Christ and doing the things he wants us to do. So, Tell us a little bit about your, uh, your, your outreach. Do you have anything uh, set in place that kind of – Rather than just building a building and expecting people to come, do mm-hmm. you guys go out and do things in the community? Oh, absolutely. We do a lot of stuff in the community. We do a lot of stuff around the world. Mm-hmm. Our, our ministry has really grown into a worldwide international ministry. Um, but but right there in our community, we're constantly doing stuff, uh, you know, out in the community, different things, outreaches in apartment complexes and uh, things of that nature. We do a lot of roping events and barrel races and cool. uh, youth rodeos for the kids, of course. We we use those kinds of events um, that we kind of have the context for. Uh, we, In fact, we just got finished building uh, just about a month and a half ago, got, got finished building a nice big covered arena. So we can do oh, nice. arena events 365 days a year, whether it's hot or cold or rainy Great. Uh, or whatever. And to use those opportunities to evangelize. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah, we bring people in and we invite them to come to a, a, a great event that they're going to go to anyway somewhere. Yeah. And then sure. we have somebody share a testimony or somebody gives a short, you know, five-minute, ten-minute sermon. Yeah. Uh, we try not to pound them over the head with a with yeah. a big, thick Bible. But, but we try to impart, you know, some spiritual nuggets into their life. And uh, we Fantastic. see a lot of people get saved that way. And then outside of that, uh, we do, you know, we, we build, in fact, uh, this coming weekend, uh, a group of men from our church are going to build a wheelchair ramp for uh, a lady in the community, doesn't even go to our church, mm-hmm. that has recently, um, due to some health issues, been bound to a wheelchair. And they yeah. go out and do those kinds of things. Just uh, being the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. And, and there's literally every week there are things like that going on through the people of our church. Yeah. And uh, I, I would say almost every day there's some kind of outreach in some way, shape, or form. Uh, several of our members do Bible studies where they work and you know That's those great. things are outreaches as well absolutely so uh, what do you say to the person that <clears throat> that maybe doesn't identify himself as a cowboy mm-hmm. uh but uh is near where you're at would like to come out are they welcome or do you have to wear your cowboy boots and <laughs> jeans and, no you don't if you came uh, to our church on any given sunday you're going to see a variety of people we we've got people that wear coats and ties yeah. um and slacks and then we've got people that wear sandals and tank tops mm-hmm. and shorts and then we've got come as you are your traditional kind of cowboy with cowboy hat and a button-down shirt and blue yeah. jeans yeah it, it's really a variety of people we have yeah. lawyers and doctors uh, we have men and women who make their living on farms and ranches, mm-hmm. and we have school teachers, yeah. and we have just 
a big variety of people, college awesome. students, just people from all walks of life. Well, what about the cowboy that is out there that has a ranch? They have, they've got their animals. They've, they've got to take care of the farming. Um, and because uh, you mentioned something when you were growing up that there were several Sundays where you didn't go to church because it was mm-hmm. a work day, and, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff that's got to be done. Um, how important is it? I mean, maybe there's a lot of folks out there that uh, they, you know, they they've received Christ as their Savior and they know about Christianity and they have faith in God, but they're too busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, don't really don't have time to get out there and go to a church service and get to meet all these people because uh, they're too busy and uh, you know in their own little world and farming and ranching. Right? Uh, how important is it that uh, they actually get out there and, and be a part of a, a fellowship like uh, this? One? I, I think it's extremely important. And um, you know, there are times if you're a farmer or rancher where where you know the cattle have to be shipped or the cotton has to get in or yeah. you know the rain's coming and you got to get the seed in the ground and and you got to work through the weekend there mm. there are times like that um but i i worked for a man in college um uh, on a farm and a ranch that i lived on while i was uh, up in san marcus and um he took just about every sunday off again there was maybe two or three sundays a year where we had to work but Every Sunday, other than that, I mean, if if he could at all do it, he was in church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And if he wasn't there on Sunday, he would be there Wednesday night. You know, yeah. I mean, he— So it's really he, just a matter of discipline. He made it a priority in his life. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, again, I think any job you have, there, you know, there's going to be times when you're going to have to miss something. Nobody's yeah. going to be there 52 Sundays a year. I'm not mm-hmm. even there 52 Sundays mm-hmm. a year, you know, and I'm yeah. the pastor. Um, but at the end of the day, if you make it a priority, if it's important to you, and when you find a group of people that, that you do ministry with and that you love and that love you, it's fun to go and it's exciting to go. Yeah. And um, I think that's the biggest thing. Is just saying, you know, hey, this can wait till this afternoon, or better yet, it can wait for till, till tomorrow. Yeah. You know, God, God tells us we're supposed to take a day of rest, sure. and um, He's He's pretty detailed about all of that. And our yeah. kids are supposed to get the rest, and anybody who works for us is supposed to get the rest, and. You know, he goes through all that because it's important for yeah. our lives. Plus, and, you get that uh, day to really spend time with family, exactly. you know, because you're out there. You're working as a family, but you're working. Yeah. You've got things that have got to get done. Yeah. But uh, when you take a Sunday off and uh, you go to church and yeah. you get fed the word and you get to fellowship with so many other people that have the, the same faith, and then you get to come home and just relax with the kids or go out and play or go out for a ride somewhere – you know, that's just it's, – it's making the family bond just stronger. Uh, and you know what I've learned, Mark, is no matter what you do, there's always more to do. Sure. Whether, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, which I think is probably the hardest job in the world. Yes. My wife does that. Or mm. whether you're a businessman or whether you're a farmer or whether you're a rancher or whether you're an airline pilot or whether you're a school teacher. It, it doesn't matter. You're a doctor. You're a lawyer. It, it, it really doesn't matter. Whatever you do – there's always more to do. Yeah. And and so I think we have to come to a place in our lives where we say we're not so much concerned with let's do more, but, but you know, this is a day we set aside for God. Mm-hmm. And whether we're on vacation and we're out of town or whether whatever, we set that day aside for worship and for family. Right. And um, that, that makes a big difference, yeah, even as a pastor. You know, I work every Sunday. Yeah. And, and, and it's hard to find another day of the week to set aside for my own personal worship and for my own family because right. um, there's always more to do. But mm-hmm. but it's important that you do that. Yeah. Um, it, it makes a big difference in your life in a positive way. Yeah. So Cowboy Fellowship is a family church. Tell us about uh, the different things that are going on for uh, someone that's two years old all the way to, you know, 70s, oh, 80s. Oh, gosh. We don't have enough time. But yeah. uh, I will say this. We have an incredible children's minister. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam is his name. We have an incredible youth minister, uh, Tanner. 
and um, they both do an incredible job with their ministries. We we literally have stuff going on from from kids in the nursery all the way up, you know, through high school and on into college and young adults. Um, and then, of course, for for adults at all ages as well, we have groups of of people that are in their their senior years that mm-hmm. that do stuff together, and then we've got groups of stay at home moms that do stuff together that all have yeah. young families. So lots of groups, and we really take the approach that discipleship doesn't start when when somebody you know turns sixteen or when somebody turns eighteen or when somebody joins the church. Mm-hmm. Discipleship starts, you know. Whenever they come into the nursery, you know, yeah. not that they're they're saved, and not that you know we're expecting them to memorize verses whenever they're yeah. two years old, but but that we're imparting scripture into these young lives, you know, from there on. And um, it's the same with our youth. You know, our our youth group, yeah, they come and they hang out and they have a good time and they play games and you know they do the fun stuff. But at the end of the day, Jesus didn't call us to have fun. He called us to make disciples. Right. And so that's that's what we keep all of our focus on. How do we make disciples? And mm-hmm. uh, we encourage people at all levels and all ages of our church to do three things. We want them to connect. We want them to grow, and we want them to serve. Mm-hmm. We want them to connect with God. We want them to connect with other Christians. We want them to connect with lost people because that's part of making disciples. Yes. We want them to grow in their faith and grow in their families and, and grow in all areas of their life and just become mature. mature disciples. And then we want them to serve and to use the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God has given them uh, to serve. And some people are going to serve five days a week. They're the people that are there every time the doors are open. Mm-hmm. And other people serve once a month, yeah. but they've got a unique gift and a unique talent, and, and God's blessed them in a unique way, and they're needed you know, on a more sporadic basis. Yeah. But uh, we just want people to do those three things, and yeah. if they do, we, we've seen just an incredible pattern of, of people being turned into – you know, Christ followers, disciples. Yeah. So, uh, telling Pastor Pete, when you when you close your eyes and you meditate a little bit and pray, and you look at you look at Cowboy Fellowship with your mind's eye and with faith and vision, uh, where is it going? What is God showing you about Cowboy Fellowship? You know, I, I just think we're going to continue to grow, not so much numerically, but just spiritually. Mm-hmm. That that's what I, I just continue to see. And if you would have asked me almost ten years ago now to close my eyes and to to look and to to tell you where we were going to be, I would have never in a million years guessed it would be <laughs> almost a thousand people every Sunday wow. and in a nice building and a covered you know facility for concerts and arena events and you yeah. know all sorts of youth things that we're doing. Uh, I would have never imagined we'd have a large staff like we have today and, and a great children's minister and youth minister and associate pastor mm-hmm. and ministry assistants, you know, that, that really keep the, the church running on the inside. Uh, we couldn't do it without the ladies that, that help us uh, week in and week out and work so hard and all that. Um, so I really don't know what, where, where God's going to take us. My my hope and my goal is that we would just continue to see people grow in their faith and mm-hmm. connect with each other and find that place that they say, this is home. Yeah. And and the thing that makes me the happiest is, and I consistently hear this, I haven't heard this once in the last year, I hear it almost every week, is I look forward to coming to church, whether mm-hmm. that's Sunday that's for awesome. For church, or whether that's Monday for discipleship classes, or whether that's Wednesday for a small group meeting, or whether that's Thursday for uh, the moms that meet, whatever it is, I, I look forward to going and being a part of what God's doing here, and just being a part of what what's going on with other people. Yeah. And um, I think God's just going to continue to grow us and shape us. I'm still growing. Yeah. I, I got a long way to go, and mm-hmm. um, I, I just look forward to growing with these people that I love so much and. 
and that God loves, and yeah. uh, it's going to be a great ride. Well, you know, uh, God's. Um, we're so thankful for God's grace. It's by His grace that we're here, and and tomorrow's not promised. So, if um, or when the day comes that Pastor Pete has either passed the baton to somebody else, or you're no longer here, and, and it's it's your time that God has taken you. What do you hope you'll leave behind as a legacy? What do you? How do you think? How do you want people to remember you and, and what you've done? You know, I don't know if anybody will remember me. To be honest, I was I was <laughs> sure talking. They will. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day that I did collegiate ministry with years ago, yeah. and uh, I recently went back to that campus, and, and nobody knew who I was there. You know, and uh, I was the big dog at one time. Everybody yeah. knew knew who I was, and and now nobody does, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, I think the church and the kingdom of God is, is just so much bigger than one person. Yes, it and, is. And, you know, I, I, I guess people will remember me for a few days probably after I'm gone, and, and somebody will look up one day and say, you know, I worked on that with Pete, or we built that together, or, or I remember this sermon or that sermon or or something like that. But uh, at the end of the day, I just want to be remembered as a good husband mm-hmm. and a good father and somebody that was a, a good example of what the Christian faith was supposed to be, yeah. um, somebody who loved Jesus. I, I don't really care to be uh, remembered as a great orator or a great preacher. Um, most people don't remember my sermons by the time they get to Monday, so <laughs> I, I doubt they're going to remember all that. But I, I just want them to remember that I, I was a good man and a yeah. good person and and I did the best I could to follow Christ yeah. and, and somebody that, that just followed hard after Jesus. And if if anybody remembers that a month after I'm gone, I'll, I'll consider that a success. And if if nobody remembers me, then then that's fine too. We'll all meet up in heaven one day, and and uh, up there, it's not going to be about what we what we did or who we were or anything else. It's just going to be about worshiping the Lord. Yeah. And um, and I look forward to that. So uh, I don't know if anybody will remember me, but uh, as long as they remember the Lord, if they do, they hopefully there. they'll they'll remember something that that uh, that I did that helped grow them and encourage them in their faith. Good. Well, in the last closing minute, why don't you tell us uh, exactly where you guys are located, your service times and just do an invitation uh, for folks to come out and see you. Absolutely. Well, if you're in San Antonio, you just head south on 16 or 37 and uh, find your way to either Poteet on 16 or Pleasanton on 37. And uh, we're we're out between Jordanton and Poteet and Pleasanton. We sit kind of right in the middle of all three of them. Uh, actually, if you go to our website, which is cowboyfellowship.org, uh, there's a map on there. You can click on service times, which is 1045 on Sunday. Uh, and then there's also a place there you can click on a map, and it will show you right where we're at and give you directions uh, to it. But uh, we do our services at 1045 every Sunday, and uh, we'd love to have you come out for those. And if you come there, you'll find out about all the small groups and the other ministries that go on throughout the week that uh, you can also come out and be a part of. But uh, our website's probably the best place to, to find out that information. All right, and that's pretty easy to remember, cowboyfellowship.org. Absolutely. So on behalf of your friends here at AM630 KSLR, we want to invite you to go out there and uh, take a look at Cowboy Fellowship. Go out there and visit them and uh, go up there and meet Pastor Pete in person. Uh, they're off of FM 3350, the address being 561 FM 3350. And again, um, org. if you want to go online and check them out there. Pastor Pete, it's been a pleasure to have you on here. Thanks so much. We uh, we just pray the best for you in your ministry. Thank you so much, Mark. It's All been right. great. God bless. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM 630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. 
you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.